0: It leads into that really negative cycle then because when you're stressed you can't perform optimally like there's enough research that shows you just can't do it whether it's cognitively or physically emotionally you can't perform on an optimal level when your body is under undue stress so you're going to go in with higher expectations not achieve your desired outcome and then you get more stressed yeah and like that that's what happens all the time so it's we we kind of need to we talk about listening to your body on podcasts before but finding that line where it's not sort of taking the easy option and taking the day off and, and having a really easy session. We're not giving you a license to do that. Uh, I think a few people know who I'm talking to there. We're not giving you a license to just to take sessions off from you, but like having an understanding of, yeah, okay, I've had maybe a big weekend or a very stressful period at work. Uh, my training now is just going to be about consistency for the next week. I'm going to make sure I show up three or four times a week. I'm gonna, it's going to be more of a social thing. I'm going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to break a sweat, get into some moderate intensity exercise and... I feel good all of a sudden, I'm not stressed because I've missed sessions, I don't feel like I'm going backwards, I'm right there seven days later to go at it again, and that's, I think that's a really big learning for a lot of people that they could take away. Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of oh, For Fit's Sake, the podcast brought to you by FFS Gyms. This week, myself and Rods are solo again. Rods, how we doing?
1: Great, you?
0: The people loved it last week, they wanted just the two lads having the chats again, obviously, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're we're getting there Rods, we're kind of able to hold it on our own now. Did you enjoy last week's pod, did you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to this one now this week. Uh, we've got something interesting to discuss.
0: Yeah, so what we're looking for this week is talk about stress. Why, why are we talking about stress, Rods?
1: Um, one of the members who trains here in the gym um, is works in UCD um, and she sent me on a paper about stress and its impacts on obesity, weight loss, sleep, uh, mood, the whole variety of things and so then i kind of boiled it down and sent it out in a bullet point list to some of my learnings to the rest of us as a team Um, and i think it's just one of those things that it's really important to talk about and it's probably one of the biggest things that we see in our own lives is trying to manage stress and trying to deal with um, the balance of trying to push yourself but then also trying to look after yourself as well and it's something we see all the time with clients how many clients do we have who aren't getting where they want to be and a huge part of the pie is they're just really stressed the whole time so i think it's something important to talk about
0: and it's something that it's obviously we deal with on a daily basis with our clients like I said we with ourselves managing stress is important but it's something that's definitely becoming a little more common to be discussed when we've had guys on the podcast like dan and other people who've talked about how stress in general can be a huge part of life but specifically and um, the study you kind of boiled down and distilled and passed on to the guys specifically to do with um, body composition and weight loss it obviously has huge effects opposed to kind of the general conversation of the negative effects of stress so we might kind of dig into a little bit of both a little bit about the general effects of stress on yeah. you know us as human beings and how we perform but also dive into the specifics with uh, body composition as well. I think that'll give people a really good balance between the two. So firstly, to start with general stress, Um, like why is it important that we're aware of stress? What types of stress? Because there, d- there are different types of stress, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. So in terms of, I think the big reason we need to be aware of it now is because in as part of the paper, they talked about over the last 60 years, the prevalence of people, saying that they'd feel stressed has gone up a huge amount in the last 60 years and you can boil that down to people everyone's working longer than they used to Everyone's got constant access through their emails, their phones. You not know, can't just finish at five anymore. Yeah. People are sleeping less than they used to. We're not moving as much in our daily jobs. So if you go back 60, 70 years, people were doing manual labor jobs. So you're getting movement your whole day. Whereas now a lot of people, we're not getting as movement. Even us as trainers, we could be moving more. But a huge part of our job is getting down behind that screen and working. So... And then obviously as well as other pressures, like social pressures, for instance, there's like social media, something that's come along now over the last five, 10 years. And that's adding stress to people's lives as well. So there's a whole host of things that are that are adding stress to people's lives. So I think when you said there's different types of stress, there absolutely is. So if you think of this social stress, so that could be the pressure of People in your workplace pressure pressure of clients could be the pressure um, of trying to please people, other people's opinions of you. There's so many things. Social media, looking at other people, what they're doing. There's, there's so many different things from a social aspect. There's a professional. Obviously, I said like people are working longer now than they ever have before. So there's more pro- professional pressures than before, and they're they're more kind of all-consuming than they were before. Yep. When you'd finish at five and you pick it back up when you get back at nine the next day. There's emotional and that's probably the same for everyone. It always has been in terms of like a big part of stress is our reactions to whatever happens and our perceptions or emotional side of things. And like we're humans, so we're always going to have emotions. So that's going to be a part of the stress. And then obviously there's the psychological stress and then the physical stress. So they're kind of the things that I'd split it down to in terms of grouping and realizing that they all contribute when it comes to your energy levels in terms of it's not just your training, how many sets and reps yeah. you did, those things will have a big impact on how you perform in the gym as well.
0: I think one of the big things to do with stress as well is when we, like we talk about stress when we do kind of our corporate talks working with a lot of companies and something that I always find and I'm kind of seeing this slip into to clients that we coach as well. When you address a room full of 20 people, I'd say 50% of the people are sitting in the room going, this doesn't apply to me. Yeah. So like, whoever's listening to this now, whether you're in the car, at home, headphones in at work, on the bus or whatever, you might be thinking, I'm not someone who gets stressed. That's not what we're saying. Where some people are better at handling stress than others, but there is still an effect on your body, on your physiological systems, on your neurological systems. Stress is having some form of an effect. You might be better at handling it, you mightn't feel it as much, but you're still under stress for, for different reasons Um, I know when we do these talks you could have people in a room take a solicitor's firm for example you could have a partner a head partner in the company and you could have a clerk that's just started they're on completely different levels and oftentimes you get somebody going no I can deal with that it's really easy and then you have the lower end of the scale where the pressures mightn't be as high and they go well I'm only new in a job I'm not under that much pressure yet but it's everybody's got to be aware of this in some way and try to understand some strategies that will help them manage the stress because kind of a first thing i'm not going to say like a part of a problem is admitting it but being aware that we're not immune to stress nobody's immune to stress is a huge part of the problem
1: and you can get kind of sneaky stress as well because like that's a perfect example for me sneaky stress no one wants that sneaky stress Where, where i i am this week where i actually don't think i'm as stressed compared to where i can be or you know i don't feel really stressed but the last 10 days i haven't been sleeping nearly as well as i normally do so I see. That's because it was
0: your birthday on Happy Birthday, roads 30, Thirty, and you ate a big burger in the counter that probably kept you awake for about five days. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, but it was it was in it was about five days previous okay, that, that okay. it started, so that that probably didn't help. But you know, looking at that, I don't feel more stressed, or I don't feel even if it's was a, ten, a one to ten scale, I don't even feel like I'm at a six or a seven okay. for me where I normally am. But I haven't been sleeping as well as I normally do. So I think I'm probably a little bit more stressed than I think I am. Okay. So for for me, I'm trying to look and go, well, what can I control that'll help me sleep better? So I've just decided I'm going to cut out coffee for a month. So I'm two days in and I haven't had a a caffeinated coffee. Hmm. But like trying to look at that and go, even if like you're saying, you're someone who says I don't suffer with stress at all. You could be more stressed than you think you yeah. are. And like all these things that we discuss, is trying to look at the things that you can control and go, how can I make this a little bit better? And if I can make a few areas in my life a little bit better, I'm going to see a big margin in terms of how I look, feel, and perform.
0: I think one of the big things on that as well is you're... Like, you understand your body very well. You obviously do a lot of study on this. You've got a lot of practical experience dealing with your clients. You can kind of know when stress is going to play a role in your performance. Like, you're not sleeping well is a role in your performance, your cognitive function at work, uh, your your performance at home, you know, all the different aspects of your life. So, like, for people that we talk to, especially, again, in that corporate setting, that we talk about stress... There are so many different ways you can recognize that stress. You use sleep. Um, I think one is is appearance. Like if you look in the mirror and you have big red eyes or you've got bags on your eyes, that's not normal. Like people just go, I don't get much sleep. I get five hours sleep. That's not normal. You no. should get seven to eight hours sleep. You shouldn't have red eyes all the time. You shouldn't have bags on your eyes. You talk about it and I mentioned as well, when I see my mother after three months, everyone could be talking about how great you're doing and how, you know, you look great, blah, blah. But your mother knows straight away whether... You're getting enough sleep or not, um, and I think like things like skin conditions are a really big one. If you, you know, if you're prone to rashes or breakouts, yeah. like that's not always a certain time of the year thing or an allergy type thing. It could be stress. It could be um, a lack of sleep. I think sleep is kind of the biggest one in terms of stress. That if things are off with your sleep pattern, whether it's anxiety that's waking you up or whatever it might be, I think that's sort of the biggest one for a lot of people. That's a red flag. But definitely things like your appearance, your skin, your eyes, th- those can be huge red flags as well for when you are under stress and you mightn't realize it.
1: Yeah, and to add to that, your gut as well. So if you're having digestive problems, often it can be stress-related. Yeah. Um even to that, like little, phys- little cues in terms of your social interactions. If you start being a bit, little bit more snappy with people than you normally are, you lose your patience more. You're probably more stressed than you realize. Or another one is just forgetfulness. I find that when I'm highly stressed, I forget all the minor details of things. And say, for instance, if I'd have gone into the kitchen and my objective was to get an apple, sometimes I'd walk in. And I walk back out with a glass of water and I'm like, why did I even go in the car yeah, on the yeah. apple? So like if you, and that's just an example or say for instance, we're having a chat and we finish up and you tell me I need you to send me a follow-up email and I walk out the door and I forget to send the follow-up email. It's yeah. probably because I'm a bit stressed and I've got things on my mind that I'm missing all those little details as well, forgetfulness.
0: I feel like we're we're going, all this stress talks. show this has us worked up, we're yeah. both kind of, I'm getting a bit sweaty here, <laughs> I'm getting ready to go. But I think... When it comes to stress, exactly like what you're talking about, having those little cues is really important, but people need to understand as well that you talked about the defects that different types think and have um, different activities, the way they can stress your body, whether it's like training is a type of stress, right? So like a lot of people think when they're really busy at work and they're working 16-hour days and they're not getting enough sleep, I know what I'll do. I'll go and train really, really hard because that's what I need. I need that blowout, whatever it might be. That's one of the worst things you can possibly do because... It's just in a different type of stress on your body, on your nervous system. Uh, you might be much better served going for a 30-minute walk and just switching off your brain. Um, I think that's something that we see a lot with a lot of our clients is they think, okay, I'm really busy at work now. I need to go to the gym and I need to work my ass off and I'm going to feel better. That's not always the best thing to do for people in that situation.
1: No. And it's like, like you said, it's adding stress on top of stress. Um example, like you're saying, you could do an active recovery session and you're gonna feel better after that and you're not putting as much stress on your central nervous system. Another example, if you want to go do your gym session, you could just take a little bit off it. So instead of hitting your five RM on the bench like you planned on that day, you can just kinda go, Well, I'm stressed, I'm up the walls in work, but I still wanna go and get a session yeah. and I wanna keep that going. And you just lift about five, ten kilos less than you normally would. You're still gonna get some sort of stimulus for your body. But like you said, you're not burning the candle at both ends trying to hit maximal peak performance while you're in this stress state.
0: Because it leads into that really negative cycle then because when you're stressed, you can't perform optimally. Like There's enough research that shows you just can't do it, whether it's cognitively or physically, emotionally. You can't perform on an optimal level when your body is under undue stress. So you're going to go in with higher expectations, not achieve your desired outcome, and then you get more stressed. Yeah. And like that, that's what happens all the time. So it's, we, we kind of need to, we talk about listening to your body on podcasts before, but finding that line where it's, Not sort of taking the easy option and taking the day off and and having a really easy session. We're not giving you a license to do that. Uh, I think a few people know who I'm talking to there. We're not giving you a license to just to take sessions off from people. But like having an understanding of, yeah, okay, I've had maybe a big weekend or a very stressful period at work. Uh, My training now is just going to be about consistency for the next week. I'm going to make sure I show up three or four times a week. It's going to be more of a social thing. I'm going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to break a sweat, get into some moderate intensity exercise and I feel good all of a sudden. I'm not stressed because I've missed sessions. I don't feel like I'm going backwards. I'm right there seven days later to go at it again. And that's, I think that's a really big learning for a lot of people that they could take away.
1: Definitely, that's
0: that's a huge learning. S- sleep then, Rods, That's kind of the only to talk about. Like, obviously, like we could do. We're probably not even the best guys to be talking about sleep. Ma- nope. Ma- Matthew Walker, you kind of like to push his stuff nope. an awful lot. Uh, the podcast with your organ, I think, if people don't have time to listen to the full, um, the full Matthew Walker "Why We Sleep" book, that podcast with your organ, it's about an hour and forty five minutes, hour and fifty minutes. So it's a it's a long one, but it's really that's a really really good podcast um, on sleep and why it's really important for people. But I find is when you go through very busy very stress periods like January is a good example for us it's a very busy period in the gym. Uh, we both have a lot of different things going on at the minute and this this year more than any other year I've actually I've definitely been busier I've had more on my plate than I've ever had before but the one thing that's been more consistent than ever is the amount of sleep that I'm getting and this is the first time I've gone through a really busy kind of January period where I've trained every single session that's been planned in my diary. I haven't missed one session. And I would honestly put that down to the big factor is that I've been sleeping pretty much every single night, eight hours. I'm trying to get into bed at half nine, 10 o'clock at the latest. Some nights it's 12. That's just the way it works. But I'm trying to get into bed at half nine, 10 o'clock. I'm getting my seven to eight hours sleep. And the difference it's made, I don't feel a huge difference, but I've been able to stay eating properly I've been able to make better choices because my willpower is not burnt out from not getting any sleep I've been able to train consistently I've been able to actually show up and enjoy my sessions in the gym like the thought of skipping a session hasn't really come into my head because I'm because I'm well rested I I put that all down to sleep nothing else
1: yeah absolutely and even like you you, you don't know what I'm saying sometimes you had skin conditions yeah yeah when you get really stressed GDPR
0: roads whoa come on
1: but I have the same thing I get a rash in my left arm when I get really stressed from where I had angela fever years ago yeah and that's the thing that shows up for me when i know i'm run down yeah is that starts coming first and i'm like okay whoa i need to really pare back on things now because that's come up yeah is it like you haven't had that either like so like i definitely like you said sleep is absolutely huge and i think with this stuff you want to look at sometimes it's easy to go oh, i've got so much on i need to give up sleep to get it done but i don't encourage people to flip that on his head and go i've got so much on i need to make my sleep the biggest priority now i need to make my nutrition the biggest priority now the reason for that is that now you're giving your body every chance to feel well rested so you can come and attack that 12 14 hour day that you need to get after to get all the things you need to get done your professional your personal your training life done so because I think that's a big thing and I this is something I've learned over the last few years is try and see it as the busier I get and the more I have on the more important my sleep is and the less of a negotiable it is the more important my nutrition is the less of a negotiable it is because I actually need those things to help me to be able to meet the demands that I'm facing head on
0: that's it and how often if you're listening to this now have you stayed in the office say you could have left at eight o'clock which means you get a chance to get home maybe cook a meal instead of take getting a takeaway you get a chance to get your seven eight hour sleep instead of getting five or six hours sleep what do you achieve in that last 30 minutes or 45 minutes in the office like more often than not for me 100% if I I've started leaving all the time now I'm at home by quarter to eight that's what I'm doing Um, I took for the first week I was like no I should stay I should be doing more work but I'm leaving at quarter to eight I'm getting home I'm eating my dinner at eight o'clock quarter past eight at the latest and then I'm getting into bed by half nine all of a sudden that's all manageable whereas getting home at nine It just seems so hard to cook a meal, even though it's still the same half hour. It seems so hard to get into bed by 10. It just all seems so rushed. So making that small decision of, I'm not gonna be optimal in this last 30, 45 minutes of the day when it's all distractions and probably getting things ready for tomorrow. Just close laptop, park it. Nothing's really gonna change overnight. Get in the next morning and get ready to go. And there's people listening to this who are going, That's not me. I can't do that. There's definitely people right now going, That's not the way my job works. It is. Everybody is the same. Uh, there's exceptional circumstances that will come into play. But for the vast majority of your time, staying on for that extra 30, 45 minutes or an hour, you'll be far better off getting your hour of sleep getting up a little bit earlier in the morning eating food that will benefit the demands or your body in terms of the demands you have on it i cannot stress enough stress enough how important that that decision is to make and that's the thing is people don't make that decision they say no i gotta stay here i gotta get this done they stay in all night they get shit sleep they don't eat well and then the next day they're nowhere near as productive as they could be
1: yeah no that's absolutely huge a small decision has a big impact
0: like definitely and um, but like not all stress is bad as well we're kind of we're getting at that. Like not all stress is bad. Your body needs stress as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the big thing with stress is you want acute higher intensity bouts and none of that sneaky stress, none of that sneaky stress in your face, stress. If you think of, so to give the analogy of training, but it can apply out to everything, but for training, you basically want to push your body a little bit further than it has before stress it. So then your body goes, okay, I need to adapt to this stress to get better. But at the same time, you want to give your body enough rest that it has time to adapt to the stress you put on it. So you want a higher intensity, short, acute bout of stress, and then a recovery time after to allow your body to get better. But that's the same in terms of your professional life. You want, say, for instance, the talk that you have to go and do, where you speak in front of 100 people and you're nervous. Very nervous. You're nervous, but you're well prepared. And then you go, you do it you do really well and then that gives you it takes you to the next level in your career because you've been challenged but you've met the challenge and then you've gotten better. So like there that's the kind of stress that's really good for your body is short or acute the it, bouts of stress. And in terms of that as well, you want probably a stress level where it's just outside of what you normally do for a short period of time. Uh, but you feel like you're capable of doing it. So like the, the research I've read before where they talk about goals, they talk about having a goal of 4% outside of your current capabilities is optimal is what I've read. The reason being is it's far enough out that you know you'll have to give your best possible effort. You'll have to figure out a better way of doing things to get 4% better than you currently are. But then at the same time, 4%, it seems so reachable, so you're so motivated to push for it. Yeah. So with stressors... I think, in general, you want to constantly be looking for certain times in your week where you have something in any area of your life you're trying to develop that's just outside your comfort zone, and you go and you challenge yourself and you stress yourself with that because that's how you're going to grow. But what you don't want is that constant, just stress all the time, chronic, low-level stress, because then your body never has a chance to adapt from it. And it's probably not even a high enough stress to really challenge you yeah. to make you actually grow and get better.
0: So if you've loads of those sort of two, three percent stressors in tons of different areas of your life, yeah, you're not actually getting the benefit of it. Really, you're just probably going to feel like shit. Exactly. Well, how like that's so hard though. Even the, oh, this is more for us than even people listening. Like it's so hard to quantify that four percent. Yeah. Um, so like, have you got any examples of that or things that you've tried or tried to clients?
1: I think for me, just when I'm setting goals. Uh, Say for instance, if I'm currently now squatting 170 okay how can I just increase that it's 175 is my next goal at the end of this training block yeah and then with that i don't I say I want to squat 175 or above yeah so then it's, it's not limited it's not ceiling mm. and the same with for example working with clients a client might come in to me and they might weigh hundred kilos and then I say to them, in uh, eight weeks' time, let's set a goal and we'll go, let's weigh ni- 97 or below kilos. Okay. And then they'll say, well, that's only three kilos. I can do more. <laughs> no, but I understand where they're coming from. I would have been the same. I can do more than that. I want to set it as 95. I want to set it as 93. And then I'd say to them, no, listen to the way that was phrased. That was 97 or below. Yeah. So that I th- that goal, I think, is really realistic. So if we don't hit it, we know that we haven't done what we need to do to get there. Yeah. But then at the same time, if you get more, that's a bonus. So that's the way I think of the idea. Maybe not, you don't have to exactly quantify 4%, but it's that idea of something that's probably just out of your reach but you're confident you can get it if you put in the work and you apply yourself for an extended period of time.
0: I think perception is really important with that kind of thing as well because you could say for example if losing 5 kilos was a big goal that might be once once you put like the 92 kilos on the target you'll still have hit the five, but you won't be happy because your mind was set on losing seven or whatever it is. So in perception, so many people look for other people to use as benchmarks. Like we talk about this all the time. We use social media as the best example, but you always look for external benchmarks instead of just setting something that, is achievable. Achievable doesn't mean easy. Realistic doesn't mean easy. Everyone's like realistic is boring. It's not really because you just you keep changing the goalpost when you hit milestones. That's what they call milestones. They're not end goals, they're milestones on the journey. So if you can set a milestone, hit it, you are motivated to hit the next milestone. Instead of hitting a target that is I might reach this, you can get really close. You probably take three milestones that you could hit along the way and you still feel like it's a disappointment. That's that's something that we see the whole time and it's when people change the mindset from targets to milestones, they have huge breakthroughs.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's like absolutely huge.
0: But that, that ties in as well, though, to things that people can actually control opposed to things that are outside of their control.
1: Yeah. So like one in terms of just strategies to help people with dealing with stress um, and managing the stress, because again, like you said, in terms of stress, stress is not a bad thing. We all need stress in our lives. So I really like the term stress management, because you want to have some stress, you want to have the right amount of stress, and it's just trying to manage that load and trying to get it into that sweet spot, so a stress sweet spot. Or if you get into a really stressful time in your life, making sure that you're preparing to get back into your recovery zone. So when I coach people online with their nutrition, we talk about the idea of having a recovery zone. Do you feel like you're in your recovery zone right now? If you're not and you're outside, it's just how do I work back to that? So, like in terms of things you can control, the book that I read a while ago was um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. i would been recommended by a lot of people. And there's one diagram in it that the guy Stephen Covey does. And it's basically a circle. And in that circle, there's two more smaller circles. And in the middle, it's the smallest one. It's like things that are within my control then the next circle is in within the sphere of my influence things I can actually influence. And then the last one is out of my control. So if you think of all the things that are stressing you trying to look and go, what are the things I can directly control in the middle? And they'll probably be smaller than all the things that are stressing you, but trying to hang your hat on those things and go after those things like you did with your sleep. I'll leave at uh, half seven, eight and then I'm home and I'm cooking and I'm in bed on time. That's an example of something that you can control Um, and then for example something that you can influence it might be say you're trying to get a client to sign with you you might not be able to control their signing or if they want to do it but there's probably things you can influence like making sure you're turning up on time making sure they're well prepared making sure that you're asking them what they want trying to deliver on what they want there's so many things that you could influence and then at the end of the day, then if you don't necessarily get the outcome you wanted, at least you can look back and go, well, I did the best I could to get the outcome I wanted. And then there's other things that are completely out of control, and you have to just let go of and not think of or not focus of them. The example might be with sleep. There's uh, for me. So last ten days, like I said, I haven't been getting as much sleep as I wanted, um, and. You, I could lie in bed and get really stressed because what happens is I keep waking up at like four. and then, oh, It's
0: such an annoying time so when it, you got to get up at like four, quarter past five, 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 five.
1: And then it's just not, I don't really get back to sleep properly or have dreams and, and I don't get back to sleep for that last bit. So, and then even on weekends, I've just been waking up at four and then the, like, lying in bed till eight, I'm not getting proper sleep. So that can be annoying because I can't. I actually can't control my sleep. But then it's important to pair it back and go, okay, I'm not going to lie in bed and I'm not going to beat myself up because I can't sleep because I can't control that. Yeah. And then, Count those sheep harder, uh, boy. Count those sheep harder. Yeah. But I can kind of go, okay, what could I be doing better outside of this that I can control? Well, coffee is a big one for me. So if I cut out coffee, that's going to be a big thing. Uh, as well maybe it's looking at what, trying to figure out what's really stressing me out I don't know what it is but trying to figure out what that is yeah. and then try and tackle that there are two things that I can control that I know are going to have an impact on my sleep so I should be focusing my energy there instead of worrying too much about not getting as much sleep as I want.
0: Yeah, and then, like, obviously, again, we don't want to talk too much just about sleep because it's a different podcast and it's probably people that are better suited to read the specifics of it. But, like, your environment, is it, like, obviously now in winter, it's not the sun coming up and you're blind that's keeping you awake. Is it the temperature in your room? Is, you know, all these kind of things. It's what do you having just before you go to bed Are you drink yeah. a lot of water and making you get up and need to go to the toilet. You can look at all those small things first before, you know, you might find something small, tweak it, and even... When you know you're making an effort to figure things out, you might not actually figure out the main thing, but your body gets a bit more relaxed or your mind de-stresses because, like, I'm on the right path here. I'm aware. Uh, I recognize the stress and I'm working towards decreasing it because I find things like meditation um, very difficult. Everyone kind of says, oh, it's meditate, go go on Headspace to Yoga. I really like the physical aspect of yoga, but I find it so hard to sit in a room and turn my brain off for an hour. But I feel the benefit the benefits of a big time when I do it. Um, but it's very difficult. I, w- I would feel as relaxed by going in and moving in a yoga class that is a little bit you know, a little bit more up-tempo than trying to just turn your brain off, turn your brain off, try harder to quieten those thoughts because it's not possible. Um, But I think finding what works for you and attacking those things that you can't control is going to be huge for people.
1: Yeah, definitely. And as well, maybe just playing around with the types of meditation you do um, because... Not every type is going to suit some people. Like some people might listen to the Headspace app and they like it. Other people use Calm and they like that. Some people use YouTube meditations. Some people just do like box breathing, where they lie on the floor, put on their favorite relaxing music, and do like four seconds in, four second hold, yeah. four second out. It's just playing around with it. That's probably an area that if you look at the research, it's pretty undeniable the effects that it has in terms of helping people with stress management and meditation. Um, so it definitely, if, if you're out there and you've tried it in the past, um, my two bits of advice would be one, try not to go into it with the goal of trying to completely quiet your mind because <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's more just trying to bring your mind back to the present when it wanders. That's the skill that's in it. And two, play around with Ten, twelve things until you figure out what works for you, because the science is very solid behind it, and it's pretty, it's pretty undisputable in terms of the effects and the power it can have in terms of changing your brain. They've done studies and they've shown people's brain matter actually changes, so they get more. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's incredible. So I think it's probably something to pursue. Um, if you've had a few batches and you haven't found something that works yet for you.
0: Yeah, I think that kind of sums up pretty well in terms of general stress, the effects of it, different strategies people can use. So specifically to the study, which obviously give us the, the highlight read on this, road, from what you've sent out to the group, just so people can get a good idea of how it actually that can directly affect body composition and some practical recommendations.
1: So they found that uh, people with deficiencies in, uh, say, vitamin D, folate, B6, B12, omega-3 fatty acids, Those people were more susceptible to stress and depression. So to me, that highlights the importance of nutrition. So like I said to you, in a particularly stressful period, making your nutrition more of a priority than before to help you to avoid these things. Um, Higher risk of weight gain, particularly accumulation of fat around the belly probably a few things in that one is hormonally hormonally if you're constantly having stress hormones you're going to store and hold more fat around your belly and um, but also as well the effect it has on your eating habits so what they found was people who are chronically stressed tended to emotionally eat more so then again it's just feeding the habits that you may be trying to get rid of so then when they get in a stressful situation i've seen that myself you get really stressed you go back to almost like comfort food so yeah that can be a big thing um obviously the other one would be would be sleep and um, they've found that most countries over the last i said 60 years there's less sleep now than there was before on average kind of like one hour less and then what's happening there is people are getting more of those stress hormones but also they're awake for longer so that's causing people to store and hold more body fat than they were before and um, as well the higher stress levels and chronic stress so we talked about that chronic low level stress that sneaky lead, stress that sneaky stress that's leading to people craving more highly palatable foods highly processed foods um, so I think the emphasis on eating real balanced foods uh, getting better sleep um, looking after our um our stress management techniques can have a huge impact on body composition from reading that study there was maybe six or seven other points but they're kind of the main take home points that I got we, from it we
0: don't want to bore everyone to death getting too scientific but the thing about that is like what you're talking about there they're more important than ever at busy stressful periods is really good balanced nutrition eating whole real foods like we always yeah. say real foods real results but also um, just making sure that your food is containing nu- it's nutrient dense and you're getting bang for buck from what you're actually eating because eating highly processed Foods. That's a type of stress on your body as well, because your body has to break down those foods differently than if if they were in their natural natural state. Um, and then obviously with sleep, like just people need to just to hammer it home again, commit to it, try it, try it for a month and see what makes you feel. See if you're more consistent with your training. See if your mood is better in your relationships. See if you're less snappy. With people like you said, try use these little markers as okay. I can now see how sleep is benefiting me. I mightn't have a six pack all of a sudden, but like the, this is definitely benefiting me. It's gonna. Allow me to train more consistently. And the last thing on that is so many people get stressed about body composition and self image. So, if we can do everything that we can to try and help those things, if that's something that stresses you, your own image, your own perception of your body, if that's something that stresses you, eating real food all the time, which is going to decrease the stress on your digestive system, and sleeping more, which is going to decrease the stress hormones that allow you to hold more adipose tissue. Are they not perfect ways to assist that? But some people just miss it. They think I need to work harder all the time I need to do more. And it just leads into this kind of, I don't want to use a little bit of a vicious cycle all the time.
1: Absolutely. And as well, to add to that, the perception we talked about at the start and trying to manage how we react to things. The big thing is trying to focus on the things that are directly in your control. So you can't control what the weight on the scales is or how your body composition is changing you can control loads of different factors around your life what food you put in your mouth what (laughs) What time you go to bed stress how you're managing your schedule things you're saying yes to things you're saying no to how you're moving how you're recovering are you adding downtime into your week there's so many things so trying to focus more on the things that you can control would be a really important one because then life is just less stressful when you can bring it back to the things you can control instead of worrying about things you can't
0: so I'm going skiing next week On the FFS uh, ski trip uh, It was actually a very stressful time For both of us last year Ruz, When the FFS ski trips happened Because you had Ben Coomer in And yeah, yeah you managed to Explode a podcast Your first podcast on your own with him You lost it all Put uh, You were yeah. ringing me on the slopes Stressing me yeah. Stressing yourself So one thing I could have controlled Was whenever I saw you ringing me Just hang up cancel it before you even got to me exactly so if you ring me next week while I'm away skiing trying to have a good time I just know now I'm just going to cancel all your calls so is is that okay with you that's perfect alright fantastic thanks for listening guys